0: All right, well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to day three of Next Level University. We're gonna have some fun today because this market is crazy, (laughs) it is. And I know we love to talk about listings because listings is the lifeblood of you and us and the business and the industry. But the reality of it is, as much as you try to be just a listing agent, you're gonna run into buyers. And, And buyers are great, except lookers suck right? So as a, gonna, as a
1: company, we're 60% buyer sales,
0: 40% listing sold.
1: So even if you tried to focus on listings only, you would have to get some buyers along the way.
0: That's right. Cause you're going to want to double-side some of your deals anyway. So what Craig and I want are going to talk about today is how to make sure you don't go crazy because it's so easy to lose it in this market right now. It's, it's just nuts. So what we're gonna do is talk about the Bulletproof buyer process. So I'm going to share my screen and we're gonna talk about some things. So I was talking before you got on about the badge of being a next level university graduate. Yes. And what
1: does that look like? Well, I, I, think, it's a, I think it's an honor. I mean, if I say so myself, we teach really, really good stuff. And what happens is our agents learn the fundamentals. And then they mature and they adapt them to themselves, and we expect that to happen. But when something goes wrong, we're going to pull you right back to the fundamentals, because this is how it should be done, right? And then you're going to yep. get in trouble once in a while. There's any little circulating right now. Some we just sold a house, and you know, three months later, the seller found out there's a foundation crack. You know, we're going to go back to this bulletproof buyer process. And did we discuss the seller's property disclosure with them? What did we do? Because right now we're nervous like we did something wrong and we didn't. They clearly checked on the disclosure statement. No foundational issues. And the answer is get an attorney. But We all get nervous. So when we follow the bulletproof process, um, sanity prevails and your confidence grows. <clears throat> when you start skipping
0: steps is when you mess up. And then you start second guessing yourself. So let's go ahead and, and up. And you got to understand your role. Right. And, and we'll talk about agency in a second because, but it's really what is our role. And a lot of times we start to think our role is not what our role is. And you get emotionally attached to issues and you're like, Oh no, what do I do? And the issue is, well, you do what you do and this, but you just do what you do. And that's why I kind of stay in our lane on this one. So here's a couple of points here. The game has totally changed in the last quarter. We've seen the evolution of a buyer's market, Craig, that we've never seen before. Not even close.
1: Not never. even close to 2005 and six.
0: Off the charts crazy. And I think we need to remember a couple of things too. And this is a serious statement. This is the largest financial transaction in most people's lives, or certainly one of them, right? And we have to take that seriously. This is what our job is. When people wanna buy, it's not just their largest financial in, investment it's their life right this is emotional this is a big decision this is a big transaction this is where they're going to grow this is where they're going to live grow their families this is where they're going to spend their lives this is where they're going to grow their wealth this is where they're going to raise their kids or this is where they're going to vacation this is going to be part of their life right so this is we're we're lucky to be chosen to be the one to guide people in a decision at this magnitude but there's a lot of responsibility that goes with that too. And I want to make sure that we take it seriously and we do it right. It's not hard, right? It's very, in fact, it's very simple. The only time you get in trouble is when you don't allow the simplicity to prevail. And the only time you don't do that is when you're not following a process and you're just trying to wing it. It's anytime you wing it, you're going to get in trouble, right? That's it. So we have to have this seamless process that you follow every single time. And that doesn't mean most of the time. That means every single time. We joked yesterday about Elon Musk and making Teslas one way, this way, and the next one a little bit different. You just can't do it if you want to scale. Now, Craig, you and I both know agents typically have an interesting cycle, right? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm out of cash. I need some cash. Oh, my God, I have 14 deals. I'm in, no, my God, I can't do anymore. Oh, they closed. Oh, crap, I'm a new agent. I have no inventory. So top agent Q1. Worst agent ever, Q2. Top agent, Q3, not even (laughs) on the charts, Q4. Broke rich, broke rich, broke rich, stressed out, out of control. Right. Or when you scale and when you learn to have a business that actually runs like a business, you have one of these businesses. (laughs) You go to the bank every week. And yes, you do consistently. So the only way to scale, the only way to take control over your business is to have a system and have a process. And ours is bulletproof and it works if you work it this way. And so that's the strategy and the interesting thing. So let's talk about this. Cause I was thinking about this for a while. This is so think- true. How do you find a buyer? Three ways, let's talk about them.
1: Oh. Buy them, find Number them, one. or have them find you. Buy them, buy them. That's that's a that's a legitimate. I'm doing it, but I do it as an investment. So I mean, we're we're investing fifteen thousand dollars a month in Zillow leads, and we're expecting a return on that investment. And last year we made a thirty percent return on that investment. And
0: that's a lot of you are doing the same thing. And you're 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 buying up city leads. Are you not? It might be a variable cost, but you're buying them, or you're buying Zillow zip codes, or you're buying Realtor.com zip codes, or you're buying something down or something or, or reload something you're buying business. And there's nothing wrong with that, but just understand that source choice. Number one, nothing wrong with it, but there's a cost, but guess what? Number two is going to find them. And there's a cost to that too, because it's called time and energy and actions. Right? So neither one is right. It's just, you get to choose which one's for you. If you're sitting on a ton of cash and you can feed it for a little while until it gives you a return, go ahead and buy some zip codes. Have some fun. Do if your you thing. can find them. If you could find them, all the zip codes are sold out, right? You could buy a VA, right? To make calls for you. If you wanted to, you can go into remind and find renters. A VA is a virtual assistant. If you guys don't know, you could go to apartment complex. You could do all kinds of stuff to find buyers, but you got to go find them. And you're going to find your niche, right? The other one is my preferred. My favorite one is have them seek you out. Now, how do you do that? Attract and repel socially promote yourself most of the party stories demonstrate the events that's what Puma was talking about mostly that's what the content creation is all about that's what the Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and LinkedIn and posting yourself out there to attract and repel so really there's only those three ways guys so what you need to do is be self-aware and say I don't have money so let's cross out number one or I do have money and I hate actually door knocking or calling people so then cross out number two and if you don't like social, then cross out number three. It doesn't matter, but you've got to be aware, aware enough to know that you've got to pick one of these because they don't, the magical buyer fairy doesn't just poof buyers in front of you. It just doesn't happen. You've got to do something. One of these three of, of
1: well, things. Well, you could you know, have a combination of the three too, but you'd have to have it scheduled into your calendar so you spend the appropriate amount of time on each one.
0: Right. Or you have a bunch of listings and that attracts buyers. That's, that's actually my favorite. Yeah. That's, that's the, the free well, that virus. used to be
1: true. That's not true anymore though. Cause now you put the listing up before the sign even goes up house is
0: sold. Yeah. But you look at Puma's session yesterday about that's what true. do you do to leverage a new listing that you have is you really creep around that neighborhood with that clear cooperation policy. We just kind of walk exploit in the, and we exploit it is the perfect word for it and just prepare with your strategy to take advantage of that 24 hours and attract buyers which will attract you new listings too. Mm-hmm. So there's all these different ways to do it. So pick one is the point and buyers are not bad. So you're not going to get away from the simplicity of this one, six piece. Same thing from the listing process we have in the buyer process. Practice. Do you have to practice working with buyers? No, but if you want to be good, you do. Because should you not switch into neutral every time you talk with somebody? Should you not pay attention to what they're doing? Should you not tweak your peripheral vision. So you could start to pay attention to people's hand gestures and postures and facial expressions and eye contact and all this stuff, even without looking at them. Yes, it's practice, it's skill sets, right? And you've got to get that down because why are you going to start prospecting if you're not really good at what you're going to say when you actually talk to somebody new? If you just buy Zillow leads and you have no practice on converting phone calls and building comfort and trust, why are you wasting your money? Right? So oh, practice... God. I can ad lib on that because I get to
1: listen to the recordings of the Zillow calls. Yeah, let's talk about it. There's, there's some agents that are friggin' unbelievable at lead conversion. I mean, they, they set an appointment with everybody they talk to. And then there's others that say, um, I'm driving right now, I'm not in front of my computer, can I call you back? I mean, that's like the worst answer you can get.
0: And to hear these things, and then we exploit them. There's so let, let's talk there's an art. And there's a science of building trust and connecting, right? That's really ultimately what it is. Mm -hmm. Somebody can call you out of the blue about anything. Doesn't matter what it is. They can call you on one, two, three, any street, a house you've never seen in a city you've never been to. And you can either have upswings and, um, and sound not like you're sincere. You don't know what you're talking about and blow all trust and connection, or you can turn those people into unbelievable future clients worth 130,000 bucks. And with the, the same data is set.
1: You asking them questions versus them asking you questions. That's right. So and tell me, a, what was it about about that house that attracted you? And they start talking and you start
0: listening. And then do you do what? Repeat. Repeat and approve. And approve and use their words back with them. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're just going to say, oh my God, I finally found the one. That
1: gets me. Ugh.
0: They listen. So practices, this is the skill set, guys. Then we prospect the ways we were just talking about. Then we're gonna talk a lot about pre-qualifying today in, in a hardcore way. And then we're gonna talk about preparing, right? Because you can't just find a house and then what are you gonna do? You've gotta prepare yourself. You gotta prepare the buyer for the market and what they're about to go up against from a strategy perspective. And then there's some skill involved in presenting the offers, right? The right way. And then processing it the right way with your team. And that's
1: coming up this afternoon. So, Kat and I this afternoon are going to do the basics of contracts and listings, and then Chris and I are going to go into the ninja, badass contract negotiation tactics that will make you win. That's right. But you
0: got to get the basics down first. All right. So, to the basics. Remember the three questions we talked about from a listing perspective. This is what we're talking about. So, there's three questions from the buyer side too, and this is true, guys. This is the difference between a buyer and a looker and they look almost identical. If we lined up 10 people (laughs) and they, you can't tell the difference looking at them because they say the same things, they call on the same properties, they show up at the same open houses, they wear the same clothes, they drive the same cars. It's almost impossible to tell the difference between the two. So you gotta have these three questions answered. Number one, have you spoken with their lender? I'm not asking them if they have spoken to a lender I'm asking if you have spoken with their lender, okay? especially in this market right now, guys, because if I, yeah. I've met with a lot of lenders lately too.
1: And I started teaching the lenders that in order for them to provide value, they need to get involved and start talking to our listing brokers on behalf of our buyer's agent, right? So same thing, we talk to the lender and then get the lender to call the listing agent. Hey, I just want you to know, the buyer that Craig's bringing they are golden. I've got their tax returns. They're pretty much fully underwritten through desktop underwriting. They've got plenty of cash. The credit score is over 750. They are good to go. I just wanted you to know that when you're considering this
0: amongst other offers. Is that gonna stand and out in the crowd? 100%. And yeah. to not do that, I believe is- is ter- Terrible representation, right? To not sugarcoat it at all. And this type of a market, the lender is the most important aspect because the perfect world here, and th- those of you I'm coaching and working with a lot, and I know Craig does the same thing, the ultimate goal is to, on um, in Florida, at least those who are in Florida in our contracts, there's a Chat financing box. paragraph. There's two boxes, right? Chat box A, says buyer will pay cash or we'll get financing, but there's no financing contingency. And box B is, it's financing, but there's a financing contingency. We don't even know if they have a loan yet. So why in the world would you as a buyer's agent allow yourself to check box B on, in, in this marketplace? It doesn't make any sense. I would laugh at you from a listing agent perspective if you bring me an offer and it says, I don't have a pre-approval letter. I don't have a letter from their lender. I don't have, you're gonna actually send me an offer that says you're gonna apply for financing within five days and you want 30 or 45 days to even see if you qualify for a loan in this market, it's laughable that you would even think that that's okay.
1: How do you yeah, do that? I think it was two months ago, Chris Reed had two listings hit the market and both of them had 14 offers at one time. And I thought that was extreme until my daughter got went to Raleigh last weekend, put a listing up on Thursday and had 52 offers, 52. Definitely. And the winner, and these are third party stories guys that you have to tell, this is not bullshit, this is real. A 340 house went under contract at 382 with zero day inspection and zero appraisal contingency.
0: Yep. I was talking with some of our friends in California. How do do you uh, beat that? It It beat the other 51.
1: We talk, I'm going to talk say about, it again just for fun. And that's why we don't cut our commission because we're working our asses off right now. Just to say it.
0: That's right. And talking with, we do some of the clubhouse rooms, right? Clubhouse chats. And one of the last ones Puma and I were doing, we had some agents from friends of ours from Beverly Hills, California in on the room. And this was, uh, this probably Mac now, but this one just really stands out. And the average is 50 to 60 offers on every listing, the average. And there is no such thing as a financing contingency. There is no such thing as an appraisal contingency. There are letters that say, we will pay whatever the price is. We'll make the difference up. There's no question about it. We don't want anything from you. We'll pay you this much over list price, not one contingency, everything filled out. We'll pay for title. We'll pay for anything you want. And they're just begging for the property. And that's happening all over the country now. And it's going to become more mainstream as we talk about this next surge that's coming, guys. It's coming, right? And it's coming because of the borders opening up. So we need to be really, really, really careful about that. Jeff, let's here. have some
1: some debate about that because you know, it really doesn't make sense. Why are so many people, and, and it's not just like they're coming to Tampa Bay or the West Central Florida. This is happening in Peoria, Illinois. It's happening in California. It's happening in, it's happening in New York, not in the city, but in the, in the suburbs. Yep. So why are people all of a sudden wanting to buy houses? I know the answer.
0: Well, there's a few reasons. Let's talk about the reasons because this is an educational process because if you're, if I'm a buyer of yours and I haven't bought in the last, very important point here, the average buyer life cycle right? The last time your buyer bought before, if they're not first-time home buyers, is probably seven to nine years ago. This market is unrecognizable to what it was seven to nine years ago when they bought before. So the thought of them competing with 52 other properties, no appraisal, no financing contingency, willing to pay over what the market value is on a piece of property, you're going to have to prep them for this because this is not a comfortable conversation to have, but it's irresponsible to not have that conversation. But you and that's why you point, tune into you team huddles
1: because we're going to tell you the real third
0: party stories. Yeah. So why, are, why is the market doing what it's doing right now? Why, why are people willing to pay? Why, are they, why is there such a frenzy?
1: The simple answer is, okay, some people believe that interest rates are going to rise again. We haven't seen that happen in 10 years, but it's going to happen again. And it's not the interest rate and the monthly payment. It's the total amount you're paying for a house. So let's just use simple numbers. It's a million dollar house and you're you getting a loan at 3%. So that's $30,000 a year in interest, right? At 7%, it's $70,000 a year in interest. Yep. That's a $40,000 a year difference. Times 30 years, that's a million two difference in the price and the cost, the true cost of a house. So people that are smart are seeing, holy shit, the, the real purchase power of buying a house with low interest rates And most of these cash guys, I just did one, most of the cash guys are refinancing it later. Because why on earth would you pay cash for a house when you can borrow money at two and a half percent? Because I can go put my money someplace else and make 4% and have my mortgage payment paid for by my investment. It's funny money. I buy two out, yeah. Then the house number two will pay for house number one. So it's funny money and that's really, that's the ultimate thing. Plus that we have a long-term supply shortage. This is not going away. We are short on dishwashers. We are short on uh, washing machines. We're short on ovens. We're short on stoves, refrigerators. I was just talking to a builder friend of mine this morning. He's building his own personal home. Plywood went from $16 a sheet to $70 a sheet. And he can't help it. He has to buy plywood because he needs to put a roof on his house. So the price of construction is going up and we haven't really felt that yet. I've got, I've got this project we're doing in Mira Bay and we sold these houses now and they're, they're literally worth a hundred thousand. They cost a hundred thousand dollars more now to build than we sold them for. So awesome. to pay an extra 50 grand for an existing house, if you see the macroeconomic picture and there's a problem in 2006 or 2006, seven, eight, when the market crashed, what they did, and I didn't know this, they stopped planting trees because they didn't see the demand for construction. So they stopped planting trees. And then they started planting trees later, but we ran out of, <laughs> Famous Tate has no refrigerators. Yeah, I lucked out. I just I was able to pull some strings and buy a washer and dryer the other day. It's—it's um, it's, These are unprecedented things we haven't seen. If you look at the macro picture, we're not gonna be in this cheap economy anymore. And it yeah. is fun, just for, just for fun. I mean, sometimes I do this, go on Zillow or realtor.com, whatever you want, and look around the country. Shocking to me is Peoria, Illinois. An interior home on a 60 foot lot, 2,400 square feet is 400 bucks a foot. And I don't know what the attraction, maybe Peoria, Illinois is really nice. But I would think Tampa Bay is better. Right.
0: My opinion. And it's it's a good one, unless you're a Peoria agent and they think Peoria is better.
1: But I'm looking at so, my
0: backyard, my boat's
1: there, and my house is not 400 bucks a foot. Right. And they don't have a canal.
0: <laughs> I talked to two different clients yesterday in town from Pennsylvania, two separate ones on some of the new projects we have here on the beach, and they are just like 500 bucks a foot brand new waterfront. Okay, here you go. Where's my, here's my check. All right. Really? That's the thought process. Yep.
1: And we were afraid to start them at three fifty,
0: Correct. All right. All right. So back to this. So these three questions, guys, you cannot afford to play with the looker right now. You can't waste their time. You can't waste your time. You can't waste the seller times. It's just not that game. So I've got to educate if Craig, we, we talked yesterday about Craig, Craig's not a seller. He's a thinker, right? And if you're not a buyer, you're a looker. And I still love you if you're a looker, but I'm not going to spend my time with you right now. Um, I'm not a lot of it, right? I'm, I'm gonna not going to spend you. a lot of time.
1: I'm going to give you a tour of the community, but I'm not going to spend my weekend
0: showing you houses because they're not going to be there when you're ready. Right. So that's, so here's the three questions. Have you spoken with their lender and found out, did the lender pull their credit? Did they have their pay stubs? Do you know what's going on in their world? What kind of loan program are they going on to? that you've gotta know these questions because you're gonna have to sell this buyer to the listing agent and possibly the seller and you're gonna need the lender's help. So if they're dealing with Rocket Mortgage or something, you got a a BS just pre-approval letter with a million asterisks and conditions on it, that's worthless, it's toilet paper, right? You need to talk to a real person and understand the real loan program that they're doing it because you're gonna need them guys. This is a team, you're huddling everybody together to go get these people a house, right? Second question, do they have to move? right? Do they Do they have to move? If they don't have to move right now, maybe they shouldn't unless they can convince you otherwise. Okay. This is a sales process for them to me. I'm not going to spend time with you unless you can convince me you're ready to go. Well, I'm staying at my parents' house and you know, it's their second home and I'm month to month there's no lease. I can stay here as long as I want. I'm just kind of looking around to see if I could find the right house. That's a judgment call on your point. Do you want it? That's an incubator. That's a thinker, right? That's a looker. That's not a buyer. So if they're real, talk to their lender, they have to move and they know where they want to live. I'm transferring into town. I start my new job on June 1st and I want to live in Fishhawk, right? Let's go. Versus now nah, kind of thinking about maybe buying a second home. Not quite sure. It's either here or Destin or maybe in South Carolina or Marco Island or possibly the keys incubate, right? Not ready. You don't have time for this. yes. You guys, you're going to go crazy. You need some self-care. You need to take control of your business and they got to know where they're going to live. got you a Quick, to,
1: quick story. Yeah. So I did a boat tour on, on Sunday, which I don't usually do, but it's Brian and Nancy. They got a buyer for their farm. These buyers want to put a backup on one of their listings that looks really strong. And they've got a new listing coming up that we'll call it a pocket listing that is not up yet. And they're from Minnesota and they don't have to move but they wanted to impress them on the area. What's the best way to impress somebody in a waterfront community? The boat. Put them on a boat tour. <laughs> and so we did the boat tour cause that's, that's incubation for me and I don't mind doing it. And so I went to the office later that day and guess who was there? Them, guess what they were doing? Writing a $750,000 offer on a house that's not even on the market yet. Right? So that's the incubation can turn into if there's motivation and and there's stimulus. So the boat tour was a stimulus that got them to make a decision because guess what we talked about while we were doing a boat tour? How we had to, had an offer with 52 properties on it and this is crazy and interest rates are so low and you could buy a house for virtually nothing, bop, 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 bop. So they were sold through the incubation process. Interesting, interesting process. But Nancy and them knew all their stuff. They knew the lender. And we got lucky because it was an off-market property. You're going to be hard-pressed in the future to find off-market properties because it's not the right thing to do for the seller.
0: But some sellers are happy to just get a little extra and be done. So we'll see. That's right. So it's really about eliminating the doubt, guys, because we can't have any doubt on here. So knowing the lender, knowing the program, knowing the program about how difficult it is if you get a first-time home buyer that has no cash that needs four percent three percent down from a seller right now that changes your strategy a lot because they're really behind the eight ball so how are you going to get that through when you have 14 other offers that are cash with no appraisal contingency you got to prepare them and it's an uphill battle and we've got to pull some sales skills and work the seller and start figuring things out talk to the listing agent and see what we can do to mitigate some of these risks or see if there's a way they could buy it without that that need they maybe they qualify for FHA with 3% down, but do they need it? Can Uncle Eddie help them out on this loan so they can get the house and not have to go through that program? These are the conversations we need to start having to put them in a, in a real competitive situation. Now, normal markets, we don't have to do this, but this type of market, it's us, it's up to us to counsel them to about what's going to make them realistically competitive in this marketplace right here.
1: Or you're going to be one of the 51 agents who didn't get the deal.
0: Then you're going to get pissed at the
1: listing agent for no reason. It's not their fault.
0: And then you could say goodbye to the $130,000 value of that client because they're not going to say, Hey, I worked with a loser who didn't know how to get me a property. Right. <laughs> you want to be the one that says, Hey, my agent was a rock star. We kicked the crap out of 51 other people. We won. If you're ever thinking about buying, you've got to work with Susie because she's unbelievable. That's what you want. And all it is is a little bit of skill difference between you being the one or you being the 51. And we're just going to surround ourselves with the ones. And that's what we're going to have in this group and our tribe here. Right. So, escalation clauses, acceleration clauses, whatever you want to call it, the emotional letters, right? These work. Now, California, other places, when we're on our, one of the clubhouse rooms, it's illegal in, in a lot of states right now to do this, right? To, to send a letter um, with pictures because then it could be construed as uh, is it, is it um, discrimination? Right. So, we don't have that Ooh. situation here right now but it's, it's coming. coming. <laughs> it's, coming. Yeah, it's coming. But for right now, we're able to do this. And I put emotionally stalking here because if I know on public records, we have everything we could ever want in a palm of our hands. Right. I know who the seller is, even if it's not on MLS, right. Public records. I, it's not hard for me to find them. I can go on the LinkedIn or Facebook public profile and figure out about them. And if I know she's a data analyst for Jable circuits, right. I know how to write the letter that's in her language, right. If, if she's a cheerleader for the Tampa Bay bucks, right. And drives a bright yellow convertible Mustang all over profile picture on Facebook. I know how to target that letter a little bit differently. Correct. So if I'm trying to sell my client to the seller, I might want to actually think about ways to connect with them that give us the emotional edge to make sure that we actually get the the, offer accepted. All is fair guys in love and in war and in real estate and so, and in sales. So take the skills and use them that's, what's going to give you the $130,000 valuation to this client and to tap you into their sphere and their neighborhood and their friends and their workplaces and all that stuff too. And then really it's up to us to explain the perfect contract and Craig, you and Kat are going to go through this in in depth later, but you've got to, you've got to coach them guys up front. So this is not for the faint of heart right now. We're going to have to go in. You're not going in 25 grand under a list price. Most of the time, you're not asking for concessions. You're not asking contingent on the sale of your house and North Dakota, right? It's just, you got to coach them at what's acceptable, what's not acceptable in the micro market in which you're competing. Okay. And that's an important aspect too, because if this is a four, three pool home and a nice school district, that's a micro market. That's extremely desirable, especially now when people are scrambling around to pick their school districts and all this stuff now before next year, right? That's a totally different market than a two, one retirement condo, right? Many times. And it just depends. So we've got to pay, really pay attention to the micro market in which you're competing and see what the supply and demand is right there because supply and demand always wins hundred percent of the time. So it's very important when you're going in on a property, how many days on the market has it been there? Because there's, there's sellers and agents right now that are just stupidly overpricing properties too. And so that's something to pay attention to just because it's listed for 820, right? Doesn't mean it's worth 820. It could be worth 680 and you just have a seller that says, let me see. Right. So still pay attention to valuation, which we'll talk about in a little bit later. But that's I
1: I want to just comment on that because I think it's really relevant. Because we are, there's a statement that I've used for years. As a listing agent, we don't know the value. We say, run it up the flagpole and see who salutes. So I know we are purposely doing that on a lot of listings, it's putting them up higher than we think they're going to go. Right. So that's part of it. But when you do that, I believe it's incumbent upon you. If you want an offer with a zero inspection contingency, provide a home inspection up front, right? There's things you can do to make a buyer feel more comfortable to do the things. So when you hear these success stories, know that there is a damn good listing agent on the other side that prep the seller to provide an experience for a buyer to feel comfortable enough to do what they did, right? You get the POS house that's not clean and the doors are dirty and, you know, there's mud daubers and all that crap. It obviously wasn't well taken care of. They're not getting the 40 offers and the 30 above asking price and no financing approvals. And they're not getting those. It's good responsible sellers too. So I don't want you to think every house out there is gonna be, well, look, we took 140 listings so far as of Tuesday and 90 of the 140 were sold already. So 50 were not. So 50 of 140, which is roughly a third, were on the market for more than you know, eight days which is a long time in this market. Carolyn says, what if the house, this is Carolyn, when we're, her question is, what if the seller thinks the house is perfect, doesn't want to do an inspection? Well, somebody's selling somebody something all the time. So you're either selling them on the need for it. So you can position them to get multiple offers above asking price with zero contingencies, or they're selling you that they have more experience in real estate than you do. And they know more. So who's gonna make that sale?
0: Great point, because guys remember, everybody has their guard up because they think they're getting screwed, right? Just that's a fundamental human perception. So the buyers are walking into this listing even when they love it saying fresh paint, there must be a roof leak, they painted over it. New carpet, I wonder if somebody died in this bedroom, right? All these things they go through their head of saying what's going on in this market. And so they're worried, like, what are they trying to, to do it? So To Craig's point, the smart listing agent says, look, we did a home inspection before we did it. We found these eight things wrong. We fixed these eight things. Here's our re-inspection report. Oh, and here's a home warranty elite package, right? All laid out on the seller's table. Here's a copy of the survey. Here's a copy of our insurance amount. Here's our last utility bill. Here's our quarterly um, water bill. Here it is, full disclosure, hiding nothing, total transparency, have a wonderful day. Oh, and I pressure washed my house to get the cobwebs away. I went to Home Depot and spent $42 and put some pretty flowers in the flower pots out front. And I took the dog crap out of the backyard, right? You're welcome, right? That's what a responsible listing agent would have the seller do. So when the buyer walks in, they're like, wow. (laughs) This is Which means, yeah. Which means as a buyer's agent, I now can say, do not offer lower. Why would you offer lower? There's nothing hidden. The market values here, right? It's there's, you know, there's only two houses in this price point. You know, there's only one four bedroom house on the market and you're standing in it. Buy it, right? Do <laughs> not play a game, buy it. There's nothing wrong with this house. They full disclosure, full transparency. Plus we have a seven day inspection period coming. So sign the contract, here it is. Sign in person, dot loop, there you go, done. Do it on the in the kitchen table while you're there. Don't waste, right? So think about from a listing agent perspective, you want that buyer's agent to do what i just did and if you don't do what we just talked about you're going to have them question whether or not there's something wrong with the house so eliminating the doubt now, can you see where a
1: buyer's agent and a listing agent can work together to have a seamless transaction yes i love working with a good listing agent or a good buyer's agent makes all oh, the makes, all,
0: the world. makes all the difference in the world so here's the steps okay finding buyers we talked about pre-qualifying we just talked about now we're going to talk about more pre-qualifying which is lifestyle profile we're going to talk about the handshake agreement in the agency we're going to go kind of high level on these because deb is going to join me in a little while and we're going to actually role play these documents and we're going to kind of deb's going to be my buyer and i'm going to be the agent and i'm going to take control and I'm, she's going to try to have me not take control. We're going to argue back and forth on control. We're going to go through the process. and It'll be fun. But this is the process, right? So if I met you, this is how I'm going to take this. And if you don't want to do this, then I don't really think I want to work with you because I'm an active agent and I'm prospecting and I have 20 others in my pipeline that I can go to that want to actually buy something, right? And I'm not doing this in an arrogant way. I'm doing this in a business professional way that this is my process and how I run my business. Right. You don't, you're not going to go to Chick-fil-A and order a burger, right? You're just not because they don't have them, right? And if you don't like that, then don't go to Chick-fil-A, right? It's a simple business model. They're not going to conform to everybody. You're not going to get a pizza at McDonald's, right? At least in this country. So that's the same process, but how are you running your business? And if you run it how everybody thinks you want to, you don't have a business. You have a reactive something that's just going to drive you crazy. So this is That we call built So we found it, we pre-qualified you, we go through the lifestyle profile, went through the handshake, we talked about agency, building our value. And then we're going to talk about previewing homes online, right? Guys, Zoom is one of our best friends ever. I know we got Zoom fatigue, I get it, but appreciate it. Because in many of our markets, we're in a luxury market, we're in absentee markets, we're in vacation home markets, we're in a relocation markets. And it's great to actually use this as a tool to show, I could show you 100 houses right now while I'm having a drink. Right, and you are too. And you know, you could screencast it onto your sixty-five inch TV, and I could tour you around fourteen different communities tonight. (laughs) Right? You don't know it in here. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I'm your brother. (laughs) And then, really, we want to show a ton of houses online, virtually, to narrow it down to three. Right, three homes, not a neighborhood. Right, three different homes: the one on Oak Street, the one on Cranberry, and the one on whatever those are the ones. And then we're going to find it. We're going to go see those three. We're going to pick one and we're going to write one hell of a contract that's perfect to make sure that you get the property because I pre-qualified you enough to know that I do know your lender. I know your loan program. I know how much cash you have. I know how much we're putting down. I know what you can do. And I have a letter from your lender ready to go. He's going to fill in the address and email it over to me quickly. Right? So this is the process. Then we process it and turn it into the back office to do what we need to go do. Okay. So we're going to... Hit those just a second. We're going to go through those docs, but from the buyer process here, please remember this one. This is why we started day one the way we did day one. Is people like people who are what? I hope it's in your brain now, like themselves, right? So we have to go into neutral. We need to go into that, can build that connection. We have to pay attention whether they're DISCs. Are they visual, auditory, kinesthetic? What kind of tribe? I want them to feel comfortable with me. We want to have this be a fun experience. We want to deliver an unbelievable experience. And the only way you can do that is if you're relating to them in the language in which they speak, right? So that's just the fundamentals guys of connection and trust. And that's, if you don't have that, they're not going to buy from you. They're going to ghost on you and be honest for a second. All of us have had this experience. I've had it, you've had it. Every one of us has, you talk to somebody You think things are going well and they totally ghost you. Gone. Why? Well, be honest for a second. You made them feel uncomfortable and creep them out at some level. So they don't want to talk to you anymore. That's it. And because you probably didn't pay attention going to neutral and respect the fact that they were D personalities or I personalities or S personalities or C personalities or were they visual, auditory, kinesthetic. You just went into your mode into forward without going into neutral to see what they are and respect what they are, repeat back everything they said to prove what they're saying and deliver it in the language that they wish, right? And guys, I'm sorry, this is sales, this is skill. And if you don't learn sales and you don't learn skill, you're not gonna have a successful business. It's, just, it's impossible, right? And you need to have $130,000 price tag on every person you're talking with because that's the lifetime value of a customer. And it's only gonna work that way when you deliver an extraordinary experience and the only way to deliver extraordinary experience is to deliver trust and connection by speaking their language.
1: Well, let, let's talk just for a brief moment about averages as average does. Yep. Are, you, are you guys clear that there's over 1.3 million real estate agents in the, in the country? And that's real estate agents that are members of the National Association of Realtors that are actually paying fees to be a real estate agent. So take that 100 million three agents and how many home sales last year, 6.2 million?
0: 6.2, 6.7 is the estimates right now. 6.2 million
1: home sales and 1,300,000 real estate agents. Four, Look at my 1980 cal- calculator. And I love for, that. It's vintage. 4.76 deals per person is the average. Take an average commission of 8,000 bucks, that's $32,000 a year right? That's the average, what a real estate agent does. Average is what average does. We're not talking about average skills here. You know, our average, our MLS, our productive agents are more than twice our MLS production. And our top 25% are like five times the MLS production. That's the badge of completing next level you and implementing the strategies. Because I don't think everybody understands that most real estate agents are broke or they're hiding behind a significant other's income. So we're just telling you the truth. But if you wanna be good, these are the ways to do it. And we hope you wanna be good.
0: And good to whatever level that is for you. Because the honest answer on that one too is if you're here to make 25 grand, we love you still. Just go knock it out in January, one month a year you could do that, right? And no need to pretend you're working all year, just do it out quickly and follow a process the right way. And if you, right, that's it. So just get clear on what puts a big ass smile on your face. But guys, in this type of a market, and I say it all the time the people I'm working with, this is not going to last, right? This is a blip in time. And I'm glad we record these because these are going to be fun to watch when we're sitting in a market. When... Do you remember yeah. when? <laughs> yep. And guys, those of you who've been doing this for a long time, you know a regular market is a six month, right? Time on the market. And you have listings and you, it's a... 50-50 shot whether it's going to sell in a six-month period or expire, right? You're going to have a showing or not in a month, right? you're. It's just a normal marketplace with supply and demand ruling it. This is just unprecedented supply and ridiculous demand um, fueled by a global economic question mark and pandemic <laughs> on top of Fed artificially deflated interest rates to stop off a global economic collapse of funny money in the trillions of dollars to try to hoist up one industry that's the benchmark fundamental foundation of the entire global economy right and construction
1: delays and construction price tripling right it's a perfect storm
0: it's 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 unusual and it's not ever going to happen again probably in any of our lifetimes i hope right (laughs) but if you're not if you don't have bags under your eyes right now then shame on you Right. You should be up earlier and you should be up later and you should be stockpiling cash for the, these next couple of quarters because the market will shift, opportunities will abound, and you need to be able to take care of it and take advantage of opportunities when they come. I'm not saying there's a crash coming. I'm just saying this market will equalize, right? Because every market does, and it's not going to be like this forever. So I want you to take advantage of this one and don't waste time. This should have been called don't waste your time, right? Because if the buyers aren't ready, why are you wasting your time with them, right? Incubate them and love them until they're ready, but go find one who is ready. Cause you could be popping three, four deals a week out right now, guys, and you and I both know it. And that's where we want you to get to. Well, I want. I want
1: to comment on that too. So in my neighborhood, in your neighborhood, in most neighborhoods, there's very little for sale. I, I don't think there's one house for sale in my neighborhood right now, not one. So the best thing I could do is find a vacant lot, which there's six and build a house. Yep. How long is it going to take me to build that house? It's going to take me 90 days to get through permitting because the county's COVID shut down. It's going to take me nine months to a year to build it because labor market is so damn tight. So now I'm a year and three months out. And what's it going to cost to build that house? I don't know. A lot more than it cost last year. So now we've got no standing inventory left. The builders, the big builders, are putting inventory in the ground and they're selling it for to be delivered prices eight or nine months from now. So a lot of us are gonna be looking at commission checks eight or nine months from now. That's a whole nother game that we haven't really talked about. You go sell at Dr Horton today, you're not closed until November. If they can get the workers to show up and if they can get drywall delivered, right? right. So well, cash flow wise as a real estate agent, you're selling new homes. I'm great at 14 pending contracts, but they're not closed until 2022. Wow, I mean, these are things we just we have not experienced before. Builders yeah. always were bribing us with big commissions, sending us to sell their shit. Now they're giving us flat fees of three thousand bucks to get in the way. It's just unprecedented, and we're just telling you the truth. So the stuff we're teaching you, this is real.
0: And you've got to educate, empower, educate, encourage. Right? That's what right. our mantra is. And we've got to have this hard conversations with the buyer. You've got to play the game. And it's fun. And I hope you guys are enjoying this time because it's, it's not going to last. So <laughs> let's just have fun while we have it. All right. So the perfect contract, I'm going to skip this because you guys are going to nail it this afternoon, but I'll, I'll just read the bullet points without in depth. I've got to prepare you that you're probably going to have to come above full price. And I'm going to tell you if I think it's stupidly overpriced, for price, but it's probably not. And we're going to compete with other people. So the perfect contract is above full price, 100% of the money in escrow, Totally as is, no contingency, and it closes tonight, right? Totally off the wall, can't happen, right? But I need you to have this thought in your head because every time you ask me to come off of one of these bullet points, your offer gets weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker, right? Yeah, and then show them the spreadsheet. Say, here's the spreadsheet. Thought out there is a good one because when it's time to write the offer, it's. Yep, of what of how we evaluate different properties. That's right. All right, so let's talk agency for a second because in this market, um, I'll be strong on this one because I think it's the strongest thing we could possibly be on, real quick. So, if you are a buyer and you want to buy a piece of property in this marketplace, you need a badass, aggressive, smart, right? Intelligent professional agent that can work for you on your behalf to go get you the property that you want, that is has skill, that has a team, that has every resource behind it to make sure that you win. You guys agree with that? And my personal view on this one, and I'm happy to have it this debate with anybody who would like to have it, is from a buyer perspective, if you have transaction brokerage as your default representational system, that's so weak. Why would you ever in a competitive market with 52 offers coming in on listings, not hire an agent that can represent you in your best interest, right? So single agency in our market is one of the options. Now, single agency versus transaction brokerage. Single agency, remember the four things, full disclosure, obedience, loyalty, and confidentiality. Those are the four things that are not in transaction brokerage. And there are, the majority means greater than 50% of our competitors in our marketplace do not offer single agency.
1: They're forbidden to offer it.
0: It's illegal. Their brokerage forbids them from offering the highest level of representation in the marketplace. So how many buyers know this? Probably zero. A weird joke of Mike Puma, who works with us, as you guys all know, Puma. And it took him a couple months of working here to say, wait a second. I bought a few houses and no one ever mentioned this to me. I'm actually kind of pissed off that I didn't have anybody working for me. And then we looked up the agent that sold them the houses and they were transaction brokerage, never brought up, was never talked to. And of course, why would you? Why would you volunteer? Hi, I'm Joe with Bimbo Realty. right? And let me just introduce our relationship by saying, I can't do anything in your favor. I have zero loyalty to you. I have no full disclosure. I've got no obedience and zero. I don't have any confidentiality for you. So Basically, I'm going to just hold hands and kumbaya this transaction. I'm not going to do anything in your favor. And that's going to tip in your, your benefit over the other ones. I'm pretty much a weak-ass agent and there's nothing I could do for your benefit. I'm pretty much useless other than filling in a blank contract. So let's go look at houses, right? Is that a good script? No, of course they're not going to say I'm a transaction broker. And they don't have to. That's right. So I'll take you back to just for fun to 1986
1: when the agency law changed. And this is what we had to do.
0: Oh, man, on the was... first
1: substantial meeting, we had to give them a form and say, Mr. Buyer, in Florida, there are three types of agency alternatives. There's single agency, there's transaction brokers, and there's non-representation. These are what they mean. Which would you like me to act on? And then we had to have them sign that form. And we had to hold on to that form and keep it with the contract package, whether they bought or not for years. And then after years of realtors being wimps and not and doing that and not doing it very well, Freck, Florida Real Estate Commission came out and said, okay, in Florida now, you're just presumed to be a transaction broker automatically. You guys don't have to have that form signed anymore. So we went from, here are your three alternatives, pick one, to we're not gonna tell you about your alternatives, we're all gonna be wimps and only the strong ones are gonna be good. And that's the market you're in right now. So if you're not playing that card. You're missing it. Lauren chatted in yesterday on one of the, one of the classes, single agency is her godsend. She wins all of her buyers. that way.
0: You win your listings with that. You win your buyers with that, right? When you just explain it, it, there's no way they're not going to work with you. There's no reason they wouldn't. You're great. You have a phenomenal brand, an amazing parent company, an amazing leadership team. You've got unparalleled knowledge and skill of the marketplace, and you have the ability to represent them right? To full loyalty, obedience, confidentiality, and give them full disclosure. I mean, that's, that's agency, right? That's real agency. That's, that's what you guys need to be playing that card first and foremost out there is on everybody. Now.
1: Agency if, means a fiduciary responsibility. So it also means you have more responsibility and liability. Yes. Yes. When you have a lawyer, your lawyer has your fiduciary is your fiduciary. When you're a trustee for a trust, you have fiduciary responsibility for that trust when you are a single agent for a buyer, you have a fiduciary responsibility. So don't take this lightly. This is not just yes. Anna, I'm gonna be a single agent because you're gonna get your ass kicked if you screw up, All right? So you don't wanna necessarily be a single agent, but we're letting yes. you because we we want you to do it right. Susan it, says, I'm dying here. I don't know what she's dying about, but it makes
0: me laugh. And, and you think about, we take a big risk. It's very easy for us to say transaction broker only, and then we could sleep better. Craig, especially, could sleep better at night knowing that the risk of you getting him sued is is lower, pretty much wiped out, right? But I think we've a lot of time, as you guys can tell, in you to make sure that you're the most talented agent sales force in the in the marketplace. So because of that, we want you to pull yourself out of the mediocrity, right? And be extraordinary in the marketplace and offer that highest level of representation. But if you're not talking about it, what's the point? So you've got to be playing that game out there. It's, Craig, your example was is great. If you're going to go and if you're going to get a nasty divorce, right? Do you want to hire uh, an attorney that says, hey, you know what? I'm just going kind to of, kind of be here and just kind of work for you and for you. And we're just kind of, kind of meet in the middle. And we're going to kind of, let's just call me a mediator, if you will. You know, I'm really not working for you or for you. I'm going to try to screw both of you a little bit and just kind of make something happen so I can get my fees and have a nice day. Or do you wanna say, no, right? I work 100% for you. I'm going to take the other people to the depths of hell and I'm gonna squeeze them, shake them upside down and get you every penny humanly possible in my entire existence and being. And they're gonna rue the day they ever met me because I wanna be the nastiest SOB on the planet, right? If you were in that type of a world, which attorney would you want? Now I'm taking it obviously to extremes for educational purposes here, but the reality of it is.
1: You're going against an insurance company. Do you want a nasty attorney going after the insurance company? Because you might still like your (laughs) ex-wife.
0: Well, you get the point. It's for illustration purposes only. Insurance company, great thing. I'm going through an insurance issue right now. I just did hire an attorney to go after my insurance company. And I made sure that he's a nasty experienced person, right? Because I don't want him to show any mercy whatsoever, because I'm hiring him to go get me as much as humanly possibly that he can. True story. And he's going to charge you for doing that. And I'm happy to pay him. I I want him to get very wealthy, right, through this one, because it's (laughs) going to be percentage of mine, right? So that's the same concept with agency. I want to be the best buyer's agent with single agency that I can to, in this market, just get you the house makes me a good buyer's agent. In normal markets, getting you the house for the best price is a great buyer's agent, but not necessarily are we able to beat them up on price and get and get things thrown in, right? But now it's just being good and being able to get the house. And get the house, right, is the whole thing. So, you know, I, we get a little fired up over agency, but guys, I believe that is your trump card, and you need to play it. and And the first time you meet with buyers, because what are the averages? A buyer works with seventeen different agents throughout their buyer search because we're looking to become commoditized as an industry, and. What that means is, if you don't show any differences or value, you're in, you're in deep trouble. Right.
1: Hey, what well, we got a second is um, yeah. Mike asked, do we have a preferred home warranty provider? I sold one and they sucked. Yes, we do. Actually, we own a company called Global Home USA, and all of our DOT loop packages, which have to be turned in, is a required um, home warranty declination page, and also in every DOT loop package is a Global Home USA home warranty package. And just from personal experience, I. I bought a house last month and I did not buy the home warranty. I was happy just to get the house. Um, I wish I did two weeks after closing, the hot water heater went out 1800 bucks would have been covered. And a week after that, the AC compressor went so um, I'm $2,600 out of pocket for this new house that I bought. I would have been $600 out of pocket for a home warranty plus a couple hundred dollars for, and I'd still have protection for another 10 months. So really it makes a lot of sense and you're not gonna ask a seller to pay for it in this market, because they're gonna say, are you kidding, I have 52 other offers that aren't asking for home warranty. But don't just yep. shun the buyer away and say, don't buy a home warranty. You don't need to just decline this coverage, because it's real. I wish I didn't, I wish I did it.
0: And I just totally forgot. I'm looking, Mike, you've got some great comments here. Is there an example of a perfect contract? Uh, we need to put one up and we'll do that. In fact, we've got some good videos. If you do go to BegginsAgents.com um, uh, it's a password protected site for all of us. And you've got some great videos on how to write the perfect contract, how to write it. And and if we don't, we will put up a perfect contract from an as-is perspective and from a Farbark perspective. We have so them on it. record.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, and tune in, at, is it one o'clock today? Kat and I are doing contract basic, or yeah, Kat and I are doing contract basics. And I, I really, I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna take all the fear out of contract writing, both listing agreement and, and purchase and sale contract in less than an hour. Yep. and also going to teach you the importance of contract follow-up all in an hour. It's going to blow your mind. And then Chris and I at two o'clock are going to go into tips and nasty tricks to beat the shit out of the competition. Look at the language. Mute Ugh. that,
0: Jonathan. Mute that. Mute. <laughs> all, right, 10-58, all right. brother. 1058. So basically let's summarize this. Take control right up front Tell them how you run their, your business and that you're running your business the way you run your business because it's in their best interest, right? And honestly, guys, if they don't appreciate that, get go Next. find another one. Go find another one. There's no shortage of them out there in the marketplace right now. So just do your thing. And then um, Deb's gonna join in here and we'll bring her up as a panelist. And then she and I are gonna role play. Um, I'm gonna meet her as a buyer and I'm gonna walk you through this whole process. and have conversations about it all the way through. So you guys are gonna enjoy that one as well. So good working with you, Mr. Beggins. Thank you, Mr. Beggins. Thank you guys for watching and see you later.